This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by my book, Breaking Bad Faith, Exposing Myth and Violence in Popular Theology to Recover the Path of Peace. I'm Michael Camp. The book helps people break damaging beliefs that are based on myths. It exposes the big lie that God brings justice through retribution, punishment, imprisonment, the death penalty, lenient gun laws, American wars, final judgment, and eternal damnation. It's a religious crap detector. In case you're wondering, that is a theological term. The book uses sound history to reveal the love and restorative justice narratives of Jesus and the prophets. There are real-life stories, many outside Christianity, about people plotting peace rather than revenge to fight evil. Find it at Amazon.com. The mind that was in Jesus, that mind is in me. Without me, life has no meaning. Why would God tell you what I'm thinking and tell you what I've said to my wife or my husband when you're not around? It's because I'm the pastor of the church and I need to know. This is the only place where you can see truth. Hey, heathens, you're listening to the Deadly Face podcast where religion and crime collide. I'm Lola. And I'm Lacey. And this shit is fucked up. Big time. (laughs) (laughs) I like your boy voice. Right? That was nice. Also, I forgot to say earlier when we were talking, we're both sporting the hoodies today. Oh, we are. We haven't worn hoodies before. It's been raining. Is it raining where you're at? Well, I think it's about to. But honestly, I was just... I'm not wearing a shirt under this, to be honest, because I was cooking and it got very warm. So I was like, I don't need a shirt. And then I was like, wait, I'm going to be on camera. Oh, my gosh. I should not have my titties out. (laughs) (laughs) So story time. Yes. What case do you have for us? We're talking about the Duggars. Yes, the Duggars. Yay! Not. Yes, we're talking about the Duggars because... Honestly, my sister back in the day was obsessed with 19 Kids and Counting. I never really watched it. Okay, okay. So me and you, we're on the same page here because okay. I fucking hated 19 Kids, 17 Kids, 14. <laughs> I hated it because I was like, bitch, that is unobtainable. I don't care who you are, but like, I, I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And I always was like, had the opinion of like reality TV is not actually quote unquote reality TV. It's scripted. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't, I don't buy this. And I I just was like, that's, it it turned me off. But I had some family members that loved it, especially loved watching the birth episodes and stuff. Oh God. And I even had somebody that had told me like, oh, I just like want as many kids as the Duggars and I just want to be just like the Duggars. And I'm like, why? Their grocery bill alone freaks me the fuck out. Right? Bitch, that's like four times my mortgage. Also, so like, the, my parents would do this. We only have, I have one sibling. So it was just the two of us. But my parents uh-huh. would name other people. They'd be like, and they just, they'd like. <laughs> yes, I do that. I even call my kids the dog's name. Can you imagine? Yes. I have three Three kids and a dog. And they all have names like Jedediah, Josiah, J- Ginger, Jill, so Jessa. Many. D- yeah, yeah. So many J's. I don't know. Uh, so Why? I just wasn't really like 
into watching that kind of thing at the time. Why do you think people were so obsessed with this show? Was it the sense of like the facade? Like, okay, I'm going to get a little anti-MLM right here. MLMs, (laughs) (laughs) they paint this picture of like, this is what you can obtain. When in reality... the lifestyle. Yes, it's the lifestyle. You can obtain this when in reality, 99.999% of people who start an MLM end up failing and don't make any money off it. They lose a ton of money. Yes. So is it that facade where they feel like, oh, that's obtainable. Like my family can be that perfect. It was said really well in the uh, Shiny Happy People documentary. Mm -hmm. The whole, like it takes you back to a simpler time. It's not Amish, but it's not like completely 21st century kind of thing. Yeah. It's, It's teetering in between that and it makes it seem achievable. Mm-hmm. simple and just they seem very happy. Yeah, especially on all the episodes and all the facades they're putting on. Their kids are so well behaved yeah. and like a lot of parents struggle with that. I felt like in the early 2000s there was a really heavy struggle with parenting. Like kids were it seemed like they were a bit more rebellious to or maybe they just weren't fully equipped on parenting. I'm not sure. And they just weren't fully equipped. Fuck, we're still learning. I think that was probably more it than I don't want to blame the kids at all. But I think the reason that I didn't like it, one of the reasons I didn't like it so much is it made me feel bad about my life. Like mm. I'm not doing yeah. as good or like I had kids while they were still going and I had my, I think I only had one at the time. But it always made me feel like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't a good enough parent because my kid watched TV or I I let my kids play on my phone. Like, oh my gosh. And your house may have looked a little more chaotic and lived in than theirs. Oh, fuck yeah, I did. And that's one kid and two adults. Can you imagine? And that's Mm -hmm. with me being a stay-at-home mom. I just... mm -mm. Yeah. So this show was really like the intro to Josh Duggar. I mean, he wasn't the the main focus of the show by any means, right, but right. he was the oldest child of the... It first started with like 14 kids and it got up to like 19, 20. Right. Okay, yeah. I yeah. think they had 21 kids total. I think it was 20. I think they had a miscarriage, right? She had a miscarriage early on. But like that was... Maybe she had more than one. I only know of the one. No, she had the early on miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And then she had another miscarriage. Okay, so was it was like, too. I think it was like 21. I think her poor body, her Jesus poor Christ. body. I just, I would look at Jim Bob sometimes, like whenever I would see like pictures of them or like an ad on whatever, it, what TLC or whatever. Yeah. And I would think Jim Bob talks about how deeply he loves his wife, yet he continues to put her through such suffering. And I know she thinks that it's honorable and he Mm -hmm. may also think that. But like, I feel like even their doctors were telling them like, she's getting older. She's had so many. Like, she's not a dog. This is not a litter. You cannot do this to a human. Like, Well, okay. So like the whole name of that documentary, Shiny Happy People, you know, Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be happy, smiling always, you know, kind of thing. It's like the Walmart sticker from back in the day. (laughs) Yes. I wonder how honest she was when she was going through her pregnancies. For me personally, my own personal experience with pregnancies, I've had three pregnancies and three children. Each pregnancy got worse for me and I had more symptoms, whether that was like 
it's so hard to explain unless you have been pregnant yourself, but you can literally feel your bones move. Oh, and shit. Oh, shit. I'm not kidding. Your bones ache because it releases a hormone, especially later in pregnancy. Your first pregnancy, you don't really feel that until the very end and you barely feel it. Well, for me personally. Mm -hmm. But your body releases that hormone more and like sooner within your, I think your more, your next pregnancies and Mm -hmm. your body already knows what to do. So it kicks in sooner. And Uh. so... Your, yeah. your your bones just ache. It's hard to explain, especially your pubic bone. Like it oh my just, God. just, just aches think about the suffering that Michelle Duggar was in then. That's what I'm saying. But I don't think that she actually was honest with him with how she was feeling, what her body was going through. And yeah. And so he's thinking she's just doing what God made her to do. And she's over yeah. here. Oh, kids. I don't, I hate, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. The- I hate her fucking voice. I, oh, it makes me want to pull my hair out. I thought that it was genuine. Like back in the day, I thought that she was just soft-spoken. But then like learning about their culture, it seems like it was normalized for women should always sound like little girls. They should always uh-huh. look like little girls, sound like um stuff like that. Just very much emphasizing the whole like purity culture yes. and pedophilia within conservative, uh, fundy culture. We've been talking for 10 minutes. For those of you... <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't even gotten into the story. <laughs> I know. I know. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Josh Decker. And it's in today's case, Lola's going to be presenting it. This case has been on my list of cases to cover ever since I started my YouTube channel um, and started doing this. But I have a personal experience with childhood uh, sexual assault and... This one hits very close to home with me. And, and so I always push this off. And so when we were talking about cases, Lola said, can I do the Duggars? And I was like, yes, you can do Josh Duggar, please, because <laughs> I do not want to. I'm I'm good. I don't mind listening and reacting, but I didn't want... It's a whole other thing pushing yourself into the depths of like actually doing research and taking notes and piecing stuff together. So Lola is presenting this today. If you are not familiar with Josh Duggar or the Duggars in general or all of the Josh Duggar scandals and everything, then uh, please be forewarned. Big, big trigger warning in today's case. She's going to be covering things like childhood sexual assault, child pornography, rape. Infidelity. Infidelity. Pornography, the dark web. Religious trauma, religious abuse. I mean, all of the things, major trigger warning here if this is too much for you guys or if you're already caught up on this case and this is just too much for you, like, please come back to another episode. Skip it. And we'll see you. We love you. uh, And we'll see you in another one. (laughs) Yes. But just wanted to throw that out there. Excellent. But yeah. Lola. Yes. Thank you for saying that for sure. Take us into the deep, dark web yeah. of Josh Duggar. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Joshua James Duggar, he was born in Arkansas, uh, March 3rd of 1988. He's the oldest son of Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar. He's the husband to Anna Renee Duggar, a father to seven children, three sons and four daughters. Oh, poor Anna. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why. I thought that she had only five kids. I thought they only had five. They had seven. No. Jesus Christ. I think their last one was born in 21. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's got some pretty young kids uh, to this day in 2023. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, so he was, you know, one of the reality stars of, you know, the 19 Kids and Counting thing. And I do want to talk about that first to give some backstory about his parents and growing up and uh, all the ideas that they held for their family. So, as we said before, everyone was kind of obsessed with their lifestyle and, Mm -hmm. you know, who they portrayed themselves to be. Right. It looked very different than modern American culture. Yeah. Christian, like modern yes. United States kind of Modern culture white for evangelical sure. Christianity. It was even yeah. vast. No, I wouldn't say vastly, but still very different lifestyle. It, was, it looked conservative, but it looked like a happy conservative. It didn't look mm-hmm. like restriction. It looked like an alternative that was like healthy. Yeah. Kind of. Like when you said the Amish earlier, it's basically like the Amish meets Christian fundamentalism mm-hmm. meets somewhat modern times. It's just kind of a mashup. Okay, so Jim, Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar, they actually met through ministry when Jim Bob was kind of like coming to his own with his uh, spiritual path. Mm-hmm. He like evangelized her, ministered to her in a way. Because before that, Michelle, she was a cheerleader. Uh, she dated around. She listened to secular things. She wore secular things. So She was a haven. <laughs> she was a hoe. No. <laughs> she, Just kidding. <laughs> she was a normal American teenager. That's exactly what she was. Yes, she had a normal teenage life. I mean, she still like subscribed to... Uh, a different form of Christianity, just not as conservative. So, right. But Jim Bob did grow up conservative, right? Yes. Yeah. Jim Bob, he, that, firstly, they grew up poor, and poor people often turn to faith and churches because that's a great community for them, you know? Yep. Yep. So it makes sense. I don't blame his parents, you know, hard times. So he only had one sibling. So it was just the two of them. And they were brought up as conservative Southern Baptist. He went to a Christian high school, all that good stuff. It was very much like, this is normal. This is the way. He was already set on the pathway. Yeah, I didn't realize he went to a Christian high school. He did, which anyone I've known that went to a Christian high school was a asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not because they thought holier than thou. It's that they were troubled kids that were put there. Yes. Kind of thing. Yes, that's... I was talking to somebody actually, this is years and years ago, because they were talking about putting their kids in a public, in a private, like Christian school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'd like you to just take into consideration that I know a lot of people that put their kids in Christian private schools because they couldn't hack it at public school because they were like always in trouble. So it doesn't mean you're necessarily guarding them from any worldly things. Like these <laughs> kids, ugh, it's stupid. Kids have a way. Kids have fucking Google these days. Come on. Well, and here's the thing. High school is high school. You know, you still have the same like pressures. You still have the same types of peers, even if it's the structure looks a little bit different. It's it's the same game, different name. Yep. Yeah. So they actually ended up getting married when they were around 17 and 19. So Michelle is 17. That's underage. (laughs) I know. Did he meet her when she was 16? Or did they? I believe they met when they were, yeah, I think she was 16 when they met. Okay. It's not that big of an age gap, but it's enough to make me. It (laughs) isn't. Knowing everything else, it makes it worse. 
for me. It does. Like I kind of am like, oh, but I'm going to spoiler alert if you have not watched the Shiny Happy People documentary. But like... Y'all got to go watch that. If you haven't, watch it. But also, I have to say, listening to Bill Gothard, I had to get up several times and stop listening. And like, I had to walk away for several hours at a time because it was very triggering. Uh, I watched the whole entire series myself Mm -hmm. over a few days. And then I was like, my husband has to watch this. And so now we're going back through it. So I'm watching it for the second time. And last night we got through episode three and I was like, I need some Big Bang Theory. I'm like, I'm done. You, yeah. You could watch the fourth episode Cleanse tomorrow. Cleanse the palate. I need a, Cleanse I need a palate, palate cleanser. This is so bad. But in there, they have uh, Jim Holt, which is Jim Bob's best friend and his wife, Bobby Holt. And they, he made a comment that they he met her when he was 19. So Jim Holt met Bobby Holt when he was 19. And she was she 14. was fourteen. He was yeah, fourteen. And he tries to in the documentary. He's like, "Well, I didn't know she was fourteen. And my friend said I, that she was yeah. like seventeen or eighteen, <laughs> and she was well developed. And like, and I'm sure Him she was saying she was well developed. Just like, go look at her face at the moment that he says that. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that timestamp is, but <laughs> it was yeah. good. She I, and I will say, I met somebody the other day. My friend was like, "How old do you think that?" person is. And she was with like two younger kids. And I was like, okay, she's got like a couple kids in school. So like early 20s. And she's like, no, she's 14. She's their <laughs> sister. And I was like, what the fuck? Because oh she did look like she could have been like 1920. So like, I understand there are ones that that look like that. But like, that was just so weird. I don't know. At 19 and 14. Like, to me, it, I, I don't know. It just makes me feel gross. How is it legal? Even back in like the 80s. I just don't know how that was. They grew up in Alabama. Some of those southern states don't have... So I think some states it's legal to marry at 16 or something like that. It is. Yeah, in some states it is. Well, you have to have parent consent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that was a... That was a... When he said that, I was like, oh, that's a... That's a cringe. Red flag. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. So in the middle of them, like, you know, getting to know each other and getting married and everything and trying to, like, start a family and stuff. Jim Bob was idolizing Bill Gothard's teachings, which were becoming popular at the time in the circles they ran in with Southern Baptists. Mm. And Bill Gothard sold teachings from what is called the Institute of Basic Life Principles, which just sounds stupid to me. Like, it's just a weird name. Yeah. It doesn't strike me as religious right off the bat. So I was... When I first heard them say IBLP, I was like, I'm sorry, say that again. I think there was purpose in that. I think that was very purposeful for it to not sound religious. I think so too. Bill, I see you out there, you asshole. Yeah, a very cunning man, little bitch. God, sorry. he's the worst. This is uh, this is the Bill Gothard hate podcast. <laughs> you heard it here. If you guys have not caught on that like we do not like these people, um... We are not going to be nice in this episode. Hey, I like the sisters. I yeah, think that yeah. they're on the path to deconstruction. I think they're like edging there. They, and they, I'm they, happy for them. I'm happy they have good partners too that are like with them in it. They have deconstructed slash reconstructed their faith. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm rooting for them. I guess I'll leave it at that. I'm too. rooting for them because I hope that this isn't the end of their faith journey. This is a Jill, Ginger, Jessa, Joy pro podcast. Yeah, we want we want them to... We want them to be successful and happy and healthy. 
Yeah. We want good things for their families too. So, okay, here's something. Michelle was on birth control. Yes, which, she was. That's a big no-no. I thought she was never on it. I mm-hmm. I was fully convinced she has never been on this. They don't do that. But yeah. apparently they used to believe in birth control, but it did cause her to have a miscarriage early on in their marriage. And so after that, they were like, fuck it, we're not doing that again. This is not the way. Forget it. So they stopped with birth control. It was pills that she was on. It was not like condoms or anything like that. Right. I'm wondering if IBLP, are they against birth control? Or was it? I don't know if they're against it, but they're very pro. God will allow you to have as many children as he sees fit. Yeah. So that's why I'm wondering. So you're not supposed to intervene with that at all. You're not supposed to like play God in that way. Was this before they went like full on in with Bill Gothard? This is before they went full in. I think this miscarriage may have put a lot of hurt on the marriage and it made them like cling to something higher, something bigger than them. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's just how I'm tracking it. That may not be the truth for them. That, okay. And I'm going to jump into like the religious part of it at this point. The uh, inability for Christian, for many Christians, we know it's not all, we know it's not all, but for many Christians to not be able to sit in the mess of something, they're always looking for the who, what, where, when, why, how of everything. The so, answer to the yes, problem. They need, it, it needs to be very black and white. And that's when you find a lot of spiritual bypassing happening when let's say Joe dies and his wife, Nancy is like, why did this happen? And then you have people like, well, God just wanted his servant home. Okay, so he had to crush my heart because he needed him home instead of like being here. And so they come up with all of these spiritual meanings for stuff when it's just life has nuances, life is life and shit happens to everybody, no matter if you're a good person or a bad person. Miscarriage happens. Was it the pill? Was it not the pill? I'm not gonna say it was or wasn't either way. But shit happens. Miscarriages happen and they're heartbreaking. And if this is if this is our theory and it's correct that they were looking for something to cling on to and they decided that that was Bill Gothard, that is so frustrating to me that they couldn't just sit in the mess. They needed to find the reason, the purpose. And just be enough for each other too. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. I mean, I'm not yet married, <laughs> but I just know when I'm sitting with an uncomfortable truth, which I have been the last couple of weeks, yeah, all of my support and the the part that I'm reaching for always ends up being Andrew. Yeah. And it's it's vice versa. And that's what makes it that ring <laughs> of yeah. marriage, uh, the the never ending circle of give and receive. So I, I wonder if maybe they weren't enough for each other. Maybe they did try to find that in each other. And it was just hard because they were young when they got married. They were so young. I don't know at what age specifically this happened to her. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if she was blamed, you know? And that that could have easily happened. We know that that, especially in these kind of fundamental circles, that can happen a lot. And so... I sure hope it wasn't the case, but... I hope, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. Like if that ever comes out... <laughs> Then I will not be shocked. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure Bill Gothard would would shame her for that. Fuck you, Bill Gothard. Right, because he blames everybody for everything. Like, oh, except he, himself. Get, yeah, right. You get raped. It's your fault because you were. You caused the man to. You caused the man to stumble. Jesus Christ. 
You fucking slut. Yeah. Okay. Here's something, too. Neither set of grandparents or Jim, Bob, and Michelle's parents, they were not on board with them having a bunch of kids and omitting birth control altogether. They didn't really subscribe to the IBLP lifestyle at the time, you know? I don't really know how they fell on that spectrum after the Duggars got big, but I know that they definitely were like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, because he grew up Southern Baptist, so I'm sure his dad and them were still religious on, on Jim Bob's side. But mm-hmm. I wonder about Michelle's parents. Do you know anything about Michelle's parents? I don't. They have like really stayed in the in the dark. They've done very well to keep their like distant family kind of out of it. I mean, their, mm-hmm. their siblings, yeah, are involved. But. At least Michelle's side, unless she was like an only child and her parents are like, fuck that shit. <laughs> We're not getting involved. I, I don't know. <gasps> yeah, I wouldn't blame them for not getting involved too. No. I, I'm sure they don't. I mean, they could be passed for all I know. Oh, yeah, that's true. That could happen. So Jim Bob, you know, held authority in the house. He was convinced that God decides the amount of kids that you have. He really clung mm-hmm. to the idea of the more kids I have, the more disciples I'm creating to go out into the world and spread the good news, the more people I'm able to minister to and witness to. That was the whole thought behind having a lot of kids. So also too, this is a huge responsibility to have a shit ton of kids. Even with one kid, it can be too much for some people, understandably. I don't I don't know how the fuck they afforded it. How like We struggle with three. That's the thing too. 19? I, they did a lot of couponing, I think. How the thing is. <laughs> Jesus. So with that being said, you know, uh, to make sure that Michelle was able to, I guess, give proper care to every child, she enlisted a buddy system. And Josh was part of this as the eldest of the family. He watched over and kind of parented, semi-parented a lot of the kids, such as like the older sisters. Yeah. So, you know, he, he became essentially the third parent of the kids. He was set in charge of them a lot of the time. So that's a heavy responsibility. But like each eldest child, like they they ended up splitting off into more groups the more kids they had. And it'd be like one of the older kids with like five littles or like four littles kind of thing. And so, I mean, you just kind of learned how to be a parent at a young age. You had to grow up fast. Yeah, you don't have a, you don't have a childhood. That's, yes, it's, I, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun and you have this in your notes, but parentification. Oh. That, yeah, that's what it's called. It's called parentification and it's where the child is made to be the parent. And it's Ugh, my, gross. my my sister, mom, if you're listening, I love you, but she, my sister had to grow up pretty fast. She was then older yeah. than, than my brother and I. Mm-hmm. And she, it was, fell on her a lot of the times to be the one to take care of us, to be the one to watch us after school. And she mm-hmm. had a lot of responsibility. And to this day, she has no kids. And I don't know that she will ever have kids because she's like, I've already, I've already been a parent. And, and, my, and my mom knows that she did a lot. And she, she admits to it that my sister did a lot for us. And so much so that on Mother's Day, I will send texts to my mom and I will send texts and to my sister. sister. Yeah, because she did <laughs> so much for us. I was an ungrateful little shit, but she did a lot. We all were. It's so much responsibility, then you lose your childhood. And I can't imagine as like a adolescent being in charge of babies and toddlers. Toddlers? My three-year-old, she is a hyena right now. Forced to be reckoned with. She 
I keep telling myself she's going to take over countries one day. It's, <laughs> this is all good. And she'll be a strong woman. She's the next world leader. No man will stomp over her. And I have to keep reminding myself that because Lord have mercy, she's a lot. And I can't imagine like an adolescent being in charge of these kids. Like, oh, I hate that. Makes me so mad. Literally pisses me off. And let's talk about this too, like that all of those kids were extremely well behaved. And the reason that they were was due to fear tactics, like being treated with corporal punishment whenever Mm -hmm. they did have to be punished. There was a lot of violence that was pushed with Bill Gothard's teachings was the thing about the rod. I I haven't read the Bible in so long. (laughs) Spare spare the rod and spoil the child. Spare the rod and spoil the child. I always say it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something, it's not even that exactly, but it's something like, yeah, which was completely misinterpreted. That's not what the fuck that means. I was going to say, that's not even what that means. It doesn't mean be violent towards kids. No. I'm like, do you really think a shepherd is out there with his sheep? Because that's what the rod was. The rod was the, the, what they used, the shepherd used to guide his sheep. Do you think he's out there beating the shit out of his sheep? Whacking them? To comply? (laughs) And, and breaking their legs and crap, like, to keep them in line? No, that's his, that's his livestock. That, that's his money That's his makers. money. That's, yeah, that's his life. Literally, it's called livestock. It's life for them. I, I, I grew up in the middle of a cotton field, and every other year, it was turned into a cow farm. So I knew how those cows were treated. I saw how those cows were treated. They did not beat the shit out of them to make them comply. I want a cow like, so I can yeah. brush it. <laughs> I do too. I want a baby cow. I want to brush a cow. <laughs> baby cows. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So they would, they would definitely like spank their kids, slap them, what have you. I, I don't know what else. They would make them pick switches. I remember my parents used to be like, mm-hmm. go pick a switch. Yeah. I'll hit you with the switch. Didn't the Duggars always do it behind closed doors though? Yeah. It was t- take them away to do that kind of thing. So. Ugh. Obviously, it wasn't seen on TV. Who wants to right. see that on TV? They also practiced something called blanket training. <sighs> you can look up more about this if you want to, because there are a bunch of different methods for it. I've learned, and I didn't want to learn. Yeah. So ultimately, like the basics of it is that you just lay a, a child. This is an infant or a toddler. They did this when they were older too, but like it mainly starts when they're a little bitty baby. Like six months old, right? Yeah, yeah. They would lay them on a blanket and they would put something like a toy or food or something that like they knew the kid wanted right outside of the blanket. And when the kid would reach for it or turn over to it or something, they would slap them like on the arms and hands. And I think they made it like a game sometimes so that it seemed like it wasn't bad. (laughs) I'm I'm getting Albert Fish vibes from this though, turning... Turning pain into pleasure. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they would punish them for reaching for the thing that they wanted. And that yeah. would teach them, you don't get what you want until you, like, perform a service or you, I don't know, are given permission or... I have to ask, what makes you think that they turned it into, like, a game? The way that Michelle had described it in a couple of different interviews I watched, mm-hmm. it was very much like, oh yeah, we would practice blanket training. I'm sorry, I have to do the infantile I voice when yeah. I pretend uh. to be here. We would practice blanket training and we would do it several times a day. And you know, the, the kids, yes, they would enjoy, you know, like some of the games with it or like some of the 
different aspects of it. I don't know exactly. Yeah. But the way that she spoke about it was in a very positive way. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was true if any of the kids like saw it as a game. Enjoyed it at all. Yeah. Or enjoyed it. But the way that she was talking about it versus how it was described by other people in reading other articles about it and what it could look like cause for speculation. Yeah, I... So. Knowing how a lot of these fundamentalist families worked, I have a hard time believing that it it was a game or... Mm-hmm. Because it also just like with her voice, like of course she knows that... It, it's not a good thing to do this with your kids. It's going to be judged, but I'm going to have to make it look as innocent as possible. So I have this sweet little voice to like make it just... It ugh. seems okay now that I'm speaking like this. Burnt toast. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I heard that they used craft glue sticks, like hot glue sticks. Yes. Yeah. And th- those are like, like the foot-long ones, not the small, tiny ones. Mm-hmm. Like the foot-long thick ass, dense glue sticks. I'm like, if I was hit with that, it would it would instantly bruise. That's got to leave marks. Even yeah. if you don't hit hard, yeah. that's got to leave marks. It's honestly disgusting to me. I have a hard time ugh, thinking about myself when I was a little, little baby Lola, thinking uh-huh. about her getting switched. You know, when she was three, four, five, it's like when she was six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There was no need. Did you did did they do that with you? Like, go get a switch off a tree? Mm-hmm. Shit! They would make me Are pick a serious? switch. Or I love you, Dad. You're different now. I get that. You did use your hand on me, and he he would like yeah. Hit, he was spanking his hand. My parents used belts. And Mom never used a belt. I feel like she used something different too than a. Oh, oh, it was a like a fly swatter thing. I think. Oh, yeah, one of the, yeah. like the plastic ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my, we never were told to like go. Not that like it. It's still abuse. It's all horrible. But like we were never told to like go get a switch off a tree, and. I think that's because my mom was abused, which I'm not saying that this isn't abuse because I do think it's a form of abuse to spank your children. But my mom was like actually like abused by her alcoholic father and like beaten up and stuff. And he would beat her with, he'd make her go pick a switch off a tree and stuff. So I think that's the reason why that was never done. Because I grew up in the South just like you did. And I'm, Mm -hmm. you're how old? I'm 30, about to turn 33. You're I'm 25. 25. So that's a big age difference. So I was kind of shocked yeah. that, that that you grew up, that your parents did that growing up for you. I mean, Church of Christ is way behind on the times when it comes that is to true. like that discipline and parenting and like healthy dynamics with your children because it's still very much. Mm-hmm. Hit, okay, hold on. I'm going to get into that. I, okay. It's going to okay. circle back. It's going to circle back with IBLP stuff. Let me just finish up with Duggar stuff. So we, we, sorry. Duggar kids are. All of them are homeschooled. So women are taught, you know, cook and clean, and the boys go to work with their dad. Mm-hmm. The Duggars also owned a used car lot. They'd had this for several years. So, like, this was... Jim Bob was, like, he had a bunch of different uh, little businesses over the years because, obviously... Yeah, he had his hands in every cookie jar. Yeah, and he had a lot of kids to ride for. So yeah. he was doing all different kinds of work. <laughs> which, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. So gender roles were clearly defined 
they didn't believe in watching TV, but they did justify at a certain point being on TV as a way to minister to people and really push for, you know, IBLP standards. It will as save well as, <laughs> as well as like conservative <laughs> politics too. Uh-huh. That goes into it as well. We'll save souls and take over the country. Yes. It's justified. Justified. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle was also like into the conservative politics, but like the face of it was Jim Bob. He actually uh, ended up being uh, a state representative and he really pushed for like lobbying for conservative, you know, political yeah. groups and stuff like that. Conservative family values. Yes. A very much like pro-life, mm-hmm. all the guns, stuff like that. Yeah. And he also was really passionate about passing bills like against sex offenders, creating mm-hmm. like websites that would like keep people informed of sex offenders in the area and stuff like that. Yeah. Very much into protecting children. Yeah. So was, so was Michelle. Do you have what Michelle did? No, what did Michelle do? Oh, I wasn't sure you had this. There's so, there is so much with this family, guys. Oh my God. And I'm sure there's like a million other things that we will miss in this. Here's a a lacy, a lacy log. uh, She was the, was one of the main ones who started the whole like, we can't have transgender people in our bathrooms. And she even like made a voicemail and like called a bunch of people, like an automated call and like call out a bunch of people within the community and trying to like down. <laughs> ban transgender, you know, people from coming into, you know, bathrooms. Michelle, and you don't even go shopping. Don't even. She did that whole thing. I'm pretty sure she was like the first domino to fall with the whole transgender bathroom thing back in like when it all first started years ago. Pretty sure it was Michelle Duggar. Wow. So she started she started the dr- unnecessary drama, Michelle. Mm-hmm. God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can keep going, but I just had to throw that in there. So with all this being said, the Duggars became the face of the IBLP organization, which also like did the same things that Jim Bob was doing with the whole like trying to get recruits and Mm -hmm. disciples for IBLP organization, as well as pushing political agendas. So let's talk about IBLP. We've been talking about fuck Bill Gothard. We need to put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. I mean... I mean, Seriously. like, uh, or like with his head, like being like on a stick or something. <laughs> I would really enjoy a shirt. Somebody out there made a shirt that has Bill Gothard's we head might, on a stick. I'll buy it so fast. We might, we might get sued for that one. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. He's a piece I'm of shit. I'm branding it. It'll be my own brand. It's not Bill Gothard. It's just... A white male. It's just a white With male. a Lego head. <laughs> a white male with a Lego head. When they described him in the documentary having a Lego head, I couldn't unsee it. Right? Right? Because before I was like, I don't... It's it's fine. That's what we do. We just put like a white Lego head on the shirt. <sighs> so odd. I mean, the haircut wasn't doing him any favors. No. Come on, Bill. <laughs> you on. had enough money to get a... A more decent haircut, you'd think, but... Oh, but he has to show that he's a man of modest means. <laughs> throwing out all, throwing out your, all your funny voice is very good. I'm throwing out all the, like, crazy voices uh, in this episode. I love it. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Okay, so IBLP, this is a fundamentalist Christian movement. It had a patriarchal authoritarian hierarchy that flooded Southern Baptist churches Uh and Southern education systems. Yeah. So with 
IBLP, they, uh, Bill Gothard had created like this whole homeschooling program called ATI, Advanced Training Institute, that had like wisdom booklets that were, the education was sold as like, this is a pre-law, pre-med type of education that your kids are going to get like almost offering like college credit for this homeschool program. Right. Your kids will blow the public school kids out of the water. <laughs> Which as a parent, I think I'd be like, oh, sign me up. Right? Like my kids' success, yes. Cool. But these Not. booklets had nothing to do with that. They were all based on things from Sermon on the Mount. They were not teaching critical thinking skills. They were teaching boxes for each child to fall in and their gifts, yes. like their tree of gifts. Like, did they cover, do we know, did they cover any basic science or math or geography? I had the same question. I have the same question because I looked at some of the booklets. I got nothing. Uh, I have to know. I mean, they taught him how to read. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> right. But some of them were still not very good at writing. Like math and science was still kind of like they didn't teach evolution, obviously. They t taught the creation story. So all of science revolved around that. Of course. And all the logic from it came from the creation story. So, you know, a lot of things that you're taught just even with common core curriculum in the U.S., like... yeah. It's even less common core. It is uncommon core. <laughs> it's the scraps that fall off the table. And then that gets mixed yeah. with no, that's religious it. fundamentalism. <laughs> and that's your education. Yeah. And that is literally all of their education. It, it was very like biblically drenched as well. So it was a lot of drawing parallels from different stories to like different lessons. I had seen in one of the booklets that they had like, the girls literally there was a woman dressed in a oh i know what you're very talking about <laughs> modest outfit okay very modest yeah. like three quarter sleeve top pick out what's wrong with this picture yes that was what they were told to do circle what is wrong with this picture and what was wrong was the lace apparently was too flashy too flashy and it'll stumble the men's lustful eyes or like if the hair was in a braid or like if the hair was too short too short, meaning like near the shoulders. Oh my God. Or if like the skirt had a slit. Oh, the slit. Oh no. That is the devil's doorbell. Don't you dare have a slit in your skirt. <laughs> Those ankles are really going to give him a Napoleon boner party. <laughs> oh, it was oh, just... Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So someone in the documentary said, they didn't teach you math. They taught you to slut shame. They did. <laughs> or something along those lines. I think I I'm paraphrasing, but... Yeah. Yeah, so it was... The education was private and radical, but it has mildly followed us into today's church structures and public schools. Oh, Especially yeah. with like codes of conduct. Think back to that. Oh, yeah. So whenever my grand-grand, you know, she went to school, went to high school in the 50s and 60s. So... Around that time, they were wearing extremely short dresses and short skirts. Oh, that was yeah. the style back then. Yeah. Super cute, by the way. Right. Super cute. Super. So, you know, they had all of those kind of outfits. And I'm thinking, like, my grand grand used to wear those short skirts. That's crazy. Like, right. she would never. Well, you know why? Because IBLP 
got a hold of all these different, you know, school structures and we're like, hey, this is the way it should be because there's not a separation of church and state. We're all the same thing uh-huh. and we all need to push for the same agenda. Yeah. And your girls shouldn't be dressing like that. And that's why my dress code at my high school said, you can't wear any tight-fitting pants, yes. any well-fitting pants. Okay, okay. So I grew up in the South, you grew up in the South. So we can both yeah. talk about this because my husband did not go to public school. My husband was homeschooled pretty much his entire life, but he did go to some kind of homeschool uh, or he did some kind of public school here and there. Mm-hmm. But it was really when he was younger and in third grade and stuff. But he grew up up North in Idaho. And then he went in like his teen years, he was in Hawaii or whatever. And all throughout me having children, my kids have gone to school in Idaho, Oregon and stuff. And there was there's some kind of like school dress code, but it's nothing like what I grew up with. We couldn't wear shorts to school unless it was Friday. And then those shorts also, they had to be within, I think it was four like inches. four inches of the knee. So you'd have like Above the, the long shorts. Yeah. yeah you, had to, you had to be at least... The boy or, basketball know, shorts. Basically. Yeah. Because like... Which thankfully back in my high school days, we had Bermuda shorts were a thing. And so you could I know find you could find longer shorts. Yeah. The only way you could wear something that wasn't pants for girls, you were allowed to wear skirts. So I literally, there was a Tom girl, like she was all like tomboy type personality. Mm-hmm. She wore skirts every day because she hated pants so much and they wouldn't let her wear skirts or, sh- or shorts. So she literally wore a skirt every single day of... It's freeing. Yeah. I, I, every single day of our entire high school career is hilarious. But yeah, we couldn't we couldn't even wear flip-flops. Flip-flops were banned. Yes, flip-flops are a no. That's crazy. The tank tops had to be... It had to be three, three fingers, fingers with... <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right. Because yes. you know what? If they see that portion of your shoulder or yeah. your clavicle, it's over. They're jizzing over. their pants. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> or if your bra it's strap, done. your bra strap shows. Oh, oh shit. yeah. Mm-mm. You know, the, these boys, they got no self control. Lesbians don't exist, also. Apparently. So don't worry about those. Did, did, <laughs> did, uh, did boys have to tuck in their shirts? They did in middle school. Where I went, some places still require them in high school to do it. But in middle school, they had to, in high school, the only real thing with boys was because they, boys would wear, like my senior year, they wore short shorts that came up at least six inches above the knee. Yeah. Yeah. Especially nowadays. A lot of those trends are coming back, like the 80s shorts are coming back, Mm -hmm. which I enjoy them. I'm okay with that. I think it's nice. That's fine. But so they could wear those. They could wear flip-flops. But the only thing was their hair, if it touched their collar, they had to get it cut. Oh, my school was was, and still is. I saw a a post that they had made of like, what are the approved haircuts for boys versus the (laughs) non-approved haircuts for boys? And I'm not kidding. Like, it has to be like faded on the side and then like barely, you know, like just yeah. a little bit. It can't be too long. Like it's very military. Cut. And I, I shared the post, which they didn't comment on it, but I shared the post from my public school, which it was like a junior high elementary, elementary, junior high, high school, all in one campus, you know? So it was in, in the middle of nowhere, Texas, right? I shared it last summer and I was like, basically like, this is bullshit because 
they have a African-American kid in one of the pictures mm-hmm. showing like the approved haircut. And I was like, that is so freaking frustrating because that's the only haircut that poor child could have. Like, because he can't yeah, have any that's... of the like designs or any kind of cut. They can't have, they can't have cornrows. They can't have twists. braids. None, none of that. You can't have any of that. And he has African-American hair, which there's not much you can do. Besides those Ethnic things. Ethnic hair, it, it takes a lot of maintenance yes. for sure. And so it's basically like those those boys have to just cut it off. Ugh. It's so frustrating. I hate that. I like, this is bullshit. I hate that so much. And they're still like that. I was like, I'm sorry, what the fuck does that have to do with my kids learning? Whether... <laughs> I literally would not have blinked. No, I wouldn't have cared at all whatsoever. I still don't. I mean, I'm a well-rounded adult and I, I work with other humans that also do not look like me Seriously. and do not all look the same. And can you believe it? I get my work done. Okay, <laughs> I promise to stop interrupting because we are, this is going to be a really long episode if I keep opening my damn mouth. So you can keep going. <laughs> it's fine. No, yeah. So uh, the ATI teachings are directly linked with IBLP, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and so they emphasize a chain of command called the like umbrella authority mm-hmm. uh, that protects you from the devil. So the umbrella went sort of like Christ is the top big umbrella. Underneath that is husband. Underneath that is wife. Underneath that is kids. So I'll say this comes full circle with kind of what I was saying earlier with Church of Christ. Yeah. A lot of these teachings are reflected in other conservative Christian circles, mm-hmm. such as Church of Christ where I grew up, any Southern Baptist place that's near me, uh, even like the Church of Gods yeah, kind of thing. I feel like a lot of religions looked at it and was like, okay, we we don't agree with everything, but we like this and that and that. And so they take that over and like just kind of adopt those kinds of certain teachings within their religion. And that's why we are in the hot mess that we're in today. We're real good with just stealing things that look good for our structure. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, that that goes along with what I wanted to believe. That's fine. Basically, a lot of denominations just appropriated IBLP teachings. <laughs> it's IBLP and it's paganism. Yeah. That's all it yeah, is. really. There we go. Close it. Science still delivered. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. This umbrella theory thing taught everyone that, you know, there's a perfect inequality structure. Mm-hmm. You heard me right. Perfect inequality structure for men and women. Yep. Jot that down. All right. We already talked about kind of purity culture with like the short skirts, hairstyles, like what's slutty, what draws attention. They call these eye traps. So the thing that you were talking about earlier with the like coloring book sheet that has like a person on there in the modest dress that you had to label the eye traps and determine what was the eye trap? Oh my God, that sounds so stupid. I mean, girls were ultimately told if you're being molested, if you're being looked at in a certain way, it's because you have entrapped him. It's your fault because your womanhood is attracting this person. And that's also why they wanted them to like look like little girls, sound like little girls, because womanhood was sexy and it was fertility. It was passion. It was all these things that church couldn't control, you know? Yep. And you see that in, well, we're getting better at it, but it's throughout the last hand, especially the last handful of decades, like when a girl is assaulted, the first thing is, what were you wearing? Oh my God. Say less. (laughs) So they wanted to control and, 
they wanted you to ignore your sexuality, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. It's very sex-driven, the whole thing. They also obviously were encouraging of breaking a person's spirit, make them fully obedient, subservient, fully follow my direction, all of the men. So like they were making all of the men into these abusers. They were breeding abusers. They were raising abusers to be in charge of the women and children. So it was like itty bitty little tiny cults all over the place that was really stemmed from one big cult, which is just Bill Gothard just saying, fuck all at the top. And the way that they teach sexuality to these kids is so, it's literally a self-fulfilling prophecy because they're like, don't kiss, don't kiss, don't do this, don't do that. But they're also shoving it down their throats at such a young age. They're taught purity and why you need to stay pure and how to do that. Don't masturbate. Don't do this. Don't do that. And so kids are exposed to all of this stuff mm-hmm. prior to like them even developing you know, hormonally and getting into that age. And so it awakens that kind of shit in them. It does. It awakens it way too early. Yeah. And they've done it to themselves. So then you have these boys that are curious and they're like, but it's the forbidden fruit. And I've been told for years exactly. I can't touch it, but now I want it. And and I'd, uh, and now you have abusers. Now you have... It's so like anti-sex that it yes. feeds into a hypersexuality. Yes. It's like, don't think about sex. Don't think about your penis. Yes. Don't think about her boobs. And then... It's all you can think about. about. Exactly. Like right now, you're thinking about somebody's boobs. Yeah. Just because that was the last thing I said. You're welcome. I seriously have boobs in my head. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about boobs right now. (laughs) I'm thinking about, you know, those little like, they're like little pads where like you get to rest your wrist, uh, uh, mouth pads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it'll have like a little foam pad where you can rest your wrist. They have boob ones where your wrist, your wrist can rest right between the boobs. Shut your face. Yeah. Oh. So the the tattoo shop I go to has one. <laughs> and every time I go to the front desk, it's all I can look at. It's just <laughs> these like anime style tits. That's hilarious. On the mouse pad. Oh so. my gosh. Oh. You're welcome. Everybody's going to surge Amazon with that yep. uh, purchase <laughs> now. All right, let's get on to Josh. So, you know, I've established, you know, what kind of, uh, dynamic his family has and obviously like about his parents and everything and and how he grew up being like having to grow up super fast yeah. and being exposed to a lot of sexual things yeah. so in, in an effort to avoid it <laughs> in an effort to avoid it and maintain pure mm-hmm. we love that so josh spent more time than any other kid with his dad, especially when he was, you know, state representative. So he was, you know, constantly around all these other representatives and their wives and other people in political circles. So he was kind of bred for politics in a way. Yeah. You know, he was homeschooled with the ATI program. So he was like a well-trained, well-raised IBLP boy. They did it. Congrats. You got him. Ah, he was the perfect... Do you want to keep him? <laughs> do you want to keep him? Because <laughs> I don't. Um, so, you know, they, they brought him up around all these conservative politics. He ended up taking a job uh, when he was older. He was an executive director of FRC Action, which is just a conservative lobbying group. He was also the manager for the car lot that the family ran. Okay. Oh, so that car lot was Jim Bob's. Yeah, that comes full circle. Oh! 
did not know that. I don't know why I got excited knowing that. It, well, but... it was like the families. So yeah, yeah, it was it was Jim's to begin with, but I think he kind of like passed ownership on to Josh because he was had a focused family. on like the TV stuff. Yeah. Or so. Well, yeah, um, he was. And obviously, like, he was running for Senate, too, uh, a couple of years back. He was making a fuck ton off the TV show. He was. Do you know how much he was making off the TV show? He was making, like, 10000 per episode, wasn't he? The thing I read yesterday was $850,000 per season. Per season. Yeah, that's more than 10000 Per season. What the fuck? I'm sorry. Can you... Sp- can you spread that wealth to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Because I love Jesus here. Pay your fucking kids, Jim Bob. You don't pay Jill. I'm going to throw up on you. Pay your fucking kids. Pay them. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I interrupted you again. Keep going. No, you're good. You're good. So Josh, you know, as he's getting older, obviously I said he was married mm-hmm. or he is married. Um, he met his wife when she was 16 and he was like 18 or 19. Yes. And uh, they they courted. Oh. They courted for like a couple of years. Yeah. And then when she was 20, they got married. And uh, just a side note, Anna looks a lot like Michelle. I'm sorry. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Their nose and eyes are the same. Oh. It's, it's weird. I'm going to do a side by side because now I have to look at this. But I, I wouldn't have thought that. It's just every time I would see her... I would think she was one of the sisters. Like, whenever my sister was watching the show and I'd pass by, I'd be like, oh, that, nope, that's not Michelle. That's who? I, I have to that's watch. A, I don't know. I, I have to look at that because I never <laughs> thought that. Also, that's a very long courtship for a Christian couple. That That's wild to me that they courted for It is, but like, years. they did a lot of matchmaking. Yeah. Also, the Institute in Basic Life Principles, IPLP, it was founded in 1961. That's weird. Well, it didn't really take off to like, the was, 80s or 90s. But it kind of makes sense to me, like, how it was already kind of entrenched in all, like, it wasn't very big when Jim Bob came onto it. It was already getting yeah. big. He just helped it getting bigger. But it was already kind of entrenched into society by the time Jim Bob came around. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's fast forward. It's 2015, or at least around 2015. And Josh, you know, he's established his life with Anna and his kids. And the family is supposed to be featured on the Oprah Winfrey show at a certain point. But Oprah's team received an anonymous email that detailed sexual misconduct allegations against Josh, stating that he had molested his younger sisters from the time that he was around 14 years old and the youngest of his victims being five years old. And that his family was covering for him and the IBLP were behind it and covering for him as well. So Oprah's show, like her representatives ended up calling child services to have someone reach out about that, which go Oprah. Right. I see you. Right. <laughs> Not, nice team effort there. Nice I see you. Nice team effort. After they called child services to get an in- investigation started, uh, somehow In Touch Magazine got hold of some heavily heavily redacted court records from 2002 that displayed all the charges against Josh when he was younger. So if you want to see them, it's a super easy Google search. But like I said, it's heavily redacted. So you don't know which sister said what or some of the ages are blurred out too. Which I feel like is, again, thousand percent appropriate. Like that... Oh, I think so too. I'm, I'm a little bit upset that it came to light in the public eye. Uh, just because it embarrassed the the sisters, it humiliated them yeah. because I know that they were trying to work past it. 
and move on with their like own, like being wives and mothers and coming to grips with certain things that were hard. It did make me really mad that that had gotten leaked first. Yeah, you can you can search it if you want to. It's on Google. He was said to have molested his sisters. He did confess to it. So there were only two that were quoted in the document. It was said that there were five, but only two actually like came forward about it at the time, which was Jill, the fourth child, she was 12 at the time. And then Jessa was the fifth child. She was 11 at the time that all this was transpiring. So they were obviously younger kids when this happened. When when this all came to light, it was like a frenzy to get like PR, (laughs) PR frenzy. Like we got to get this under wraps. We got to cover it. We got to apologize for it. They're almost making a million dollars a season. They got to figure out what the fuck to do. Save a million dollars every year. They got to fix it so that they don't lose their income because I don't think I stated this before, but when they first started the show, they didn't have a lot of money at all. They were stretched very thin, but now they they had multiple houses. They had, you know, businesses and they were gaining a lot of wealth from this. I mean, they were funding a lot of his, you know, political, Jim Bob's political career based off of this show. They couldn't lose this money. Mm -hmm. So, especially if they wanted to try to have more kids, good Lord, Jim Bob, put it in your pants and keep it there. Dude. I'm sure you're no good. Is there like a chastity belt for men that we can... (sighs) If only. We can get her some rape condoms, though. Oh. With the little, like, microblades in it. (laughs) (laughs) So Jim Bob, when this all like came to light, his friends obviously were reaching out to him, such as the Holtz. And he kind of just told them like, yes, Josh molested his sisters. But when he said molested, Michelle told him, don't you ever say that again. Don't you ever say that he molested them. He say he was curious. Like she wasn't able to like handle that kind of thing coming from her her well-established, promising oldest son. It needed to be innocent. And if he's just a curious boy and they were asleep, they didn't know. It's not, it's not molestation. No. That was the other thing too. I I don't think I mentioned that. He said that he had touched them while they were asleep. Some of the girls had recounted that they were awake and asleep for some of it. Was that in the police report? It was in the police report. It should be in those documents in the in the court records. Was it they they, he, they were asleep and then they woke up to him doing that to them, doing something to them? So one of them, I don't remember which one, they may not have given the name. Yeah, said that they were asleep and they woke up to Josh like pulling their covers off. So I don't think th- maybe in that instance. It hadn't happened yet yeah. because she woke up. Yeah. There was another instance in which he had like started fondling her or something. Yeah. And she did wake up. Other cases just say like, I was told I was asleep for the whole thing. I think Jill said she never remembered like being awake for anything that he had just told her, like he had confessed to them and his parents that she was asleep for the entire thing. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, which is uh, makes me curious on Jill because like Jill said in the interview that she was asleep and she mm-hmm. doesn't really talk about it in Shiny Happy People like recounting anything. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's hard. Oh, yeah. It's very hard for her to relive it. I hate that they had her relive this so many times too. I wish they would have just stopped asking her questions about this uh, <sighs> Man, I tell and you. moved on to something her, else. I have to commend her husband yeah. for protecting her and like he just... 
he's really gone with her through this whole journey. I mean, obviously, they got married very young. He was a part of the spinoff shows with her. But like, he just has completely supported whatever is happening with her, it seems, from outside looking in. Yeah. I just have to commend him for like giving her such support through such a shitty time. I mean, a shitty season of her life. Amy in the documentary says that Jill actually hit Josh one time when he was was or or was trying to do something to her. And so they never asked Jill to like clarify that, which they shouldn't. And they shouldn't have asked her any more questions when it came to that. They should have moved on. Like, I hate that they kept going with that. They really did push with her. Yeah, they did. And I, I ugh, just that part made me mad because I'm like, you can talk to everybody else, you know, which I'm glad that she did talk about like the interview and her giving the interview and like regretting doing the interview and all of that stuff. But yeah. So Michelle had never intended to tell anyone, I don't believe, mm-hmm. the things that Josh had done. Yeah. And she had told Jim Bob, you know, I think when he gets married, he'll straighten up. I think he's just curious. But when he gets married, he'll straighten up. There comes in the courtship with Anna. They found someone yeah. for him. Yeah. So like he had dated the Holtz daughter for a little bit, but that had all come to an end. Yeah. Once they found out about all his shit, yeah. So after this, you know, since they had so many issues with him, they were like, it's fine. He'll get better yeah. when, he's, when he's married. So, Ugh. yeah, love that. In a TV interview in 2015, Jim Bob said that Josh had admitted to him that he had improperly touched some of his siblings. Mm. <laughs> and Jim Bob just said, oh, he was just curious about girls. He had gone in and touched them over their clothes when they were sleeping. Doesn't make it any better, Jim Bob. No. It doesn't. No. So Josh was protected by his parents. They did damage control interviews after the wake of the like media frenzy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was made to resign, but he resigned from his political career at that FRC place, whatever. So he he didn't end up resigning from there. And the show was also pulled. All the episodes were pulled and it was just canceled altogether. I don't know if the show is like, if the old episodes are still available anywhere, but... I think you have to purchase them. Actually, okay. I don't even know if you can purchase them anymore. It's not on any streaming services from what I'm aware of at this point in time. Because he's in almost every episode. It's not like they could pick and choose which episodes to take him out of. Well, they left... the like, After this scandal, they left it all up and you could purchase each episode or view it or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think after... What you're about, yeah. But up to today, I think they they just uh, throw it away. So in 2015, they did just cancel the show, though. Yeah. So the statute of limitations in Arkansas is three years. So this had long passed, and he was not held accountable for anything that he did to any of his siblings in the court of law. When the allegations first came up, like back in 2002, about the misconduct, the Duggars did speak with someone in law enforcement that was friends with the Duggars. It was Trooper Joseph Hutchins. And he spoke with Josh. Josh, like, confessed to him some of the things he had done. And Hutchins just said, like, I gave him a verbal warning. I just gave him a good talking to, just was real firm. Hutchins is actually now incarcerated for child porn charges. Yeah, because he's a stand-up guy. Super good uh, example of what a man should be. Yep. 
Love that. So the Duggars at a later time had told law enforcement that they were going to send Josh away to this like Christian program where he'd be subjected to hard work and counseling and all stuff like that. So this program that they were sending him to was an IBLP facility programmed by Bill Gothard's teachings. So he was just being put right back into what he had grown up with and was taught his whole life. It was very cushy. There was, it was not that big of a deal. And I'm pretty sure that other like, quote unquote, troubled boys were sent here. And so it's like, you're literally just around other kids struggling with the same shit, doing manual labor and getting no help. It's not real like punishment, taking like self-inventory of what's happening. Yeah, but they tried to say it was like a Christian counseling. Really, uh, the person that he like was like his uh, guidance person there was just a friend of the family and had Josh work with him like one-on-one on on, like, he'd have him work on cars or like other stuff like that. It was very, it was a relaxed environment for him. But it was only like three months later that for Jim Bob's birthday, he was like, oh, I want to see my son. It's my birthday. Well, he pulled him out and he never put him back in that program. So he was not separated from his siblings for very long at all. Uh-uh. He was made to apologize to his sisters. It was said. I don't know if it actually happened. And then after that, it was just brushed under the rug. That was it. The report was filed. They took care of it. All right, that's it. So I want to I want to really quick correct something because yeah. I was like, couldn't remember the Oprah, the Oprah thing. So Oprah recorded a show apparently with Jim Bob and Michelle and all of the kids back like before 19 Kids and Counting even aired. Oh. Yeah. And... Okay. I wasn't aware of this. They aired, they, they filmed it apparently, allegedly. This, I'm, I will say my resource right now is Reddit. So, you know, Take what I'm about to say with a grain grain of salt. But they aired a show, or I've also heard that they were like going to do an interview. So if they did air, if they not aired the show, they recorded a show with Oprah. Mm -hmm. If they did record the show, it just never got aired because somebody tipped off Oprah about the abuse. Then Oprah was like, oh, fuck that. Okay. And so she called the, she called and gave a police report or gave Child Protective Services or something. The Child Protective Services, I think, then approached Jim, Bob, and Michelle and everything. And gotcha. that's why I think they were, they ended up telling uh, Jim Holt and Bobby Holt because now Child Protective Services was involved. And mm, then they did the police report. So they would have never done the fucking police report if Oprah wouldn't have been like, bitch, I'm calling CPS, motherfucker. I'm telling you, Oprah was the catalyst for this. Oprah was like, Fuck you. <laughs> I never was like really into Oprah stuff, but I tell you, mad respect. Also, again, that was Reddit. So allegedly take that with a grain of salt. But that may, that tracks, that tracks for me. It would track. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So the girls, Ginger wrote a book called Becoming Free Indeed. I believe that she recounts her experiences of like the charges against Josh and all that stuff. She's not put herself in the spotlight though. Ginger has been very quiet. She didn't self-identify as Josh's victims um, during like the 2015 yeah. specials, interviews era thing. So, but she was part of the lawsuit two years later in 2017 with Jill, Jessa, and Joy. Jill also wrote a book called Counting the Cost, talking about their upbringing and all of the stuff that their family went through. If you want to check out those books, I'm sure they're good reads. 
I will give a caveat for Ginger's book. Have you read it? No, I I won't read it. Okay. Ginger, I'm very happy for her to have kind of branched out and done her own thing. But she is actually um, a Calvinist now. And I have a really, I have a really big problem with Calvinism with the whole like, only a select few people get to go to heaven and you're pre-selected. Like, Woo. unfortunately... You've been pre-selected yeah. for, for this loan. <laughs> please, <laughs> please come and reach, you know, call me regarding your pre-selection of heaven entry. She, I love it. I feel like she just left one fundy cult for another and... I, and it's so easy to it do. It is so easy it's to so do. It's so easy to and when, do. And she doesn't like deconstruction. She... And so it's an uncomfortable thing to to wrestle yeah, with. Well, she doesn't like the title still... deconstruction. She oh. she kind of doesn't like the whole deconstruction community because she thinks it's you know not not what you should do. You should like reconstruct your faith kind of thing. And so I just with how she has talked about the deconstruction community, I do not want to support her in her book, especially because yeah, yeah. it's pushing people who are like coming from the IBLP thing perspective just back into. Mm-hmm. Calvinism, which Calvinism has just as much shit, culty, wrong with it. Hurt and abuse tied to it, of course, just like IBLP. So really, it's just it's just switching switching the cards, not the deck. Yes, exactly. And then like not saying that nobody should read them. If you want to read it, go for it. I just, I have never read it. And I... No, I'm sure there's like some insightful yes. information yeah. about their lives. So... If you want to know more about them, for sure. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, in 2017, you know, the four siblings sued the city of Springdale, Arkansas Mm -hmm. over the leaked police documents also. Yeah. The fact that In Touch was able to get it, that, I mean. What? Yeah. It was law enforcement's job to protect those documents and they didn't do that. You had one job. Yeah. (laughs) You had one job. So they did end up uh, suing them. So... I don't know if they won that. They didn't. They didn't win that. I didn't think they did. And I I can't remember exactly like what... How did they not win that? I don't get it. Well, honestly, looking at it is if all of the names were redacted, they they outed themselves by going on the the interview. And so if they outed themselves, they are the ones that put themselves in the public eye about it. Mm. And I feel bad because she felt pressured to out herself basically and come and have, you know, Josh's back. And so... Yes, I was just about to say the sisters ended up, you know, going on a couple of different interviews and they were downplaying the events uh, in order to save the show. They they felt like they couldn't say no because that was their family's livelihood. And... Women don't work. Yeah. And women also don't say no. Women also don't say no. They're people pleasers. So it was their last ditch effort, you know, to save the show was have the girls come on and say, we're fine. It didn't hurt us. We're fine. Yeah. Even if that wasn't true, it was just to look a little bit better. So the show was still canceled though. Yeah. So, but they, don't worry. TLC, they got a solution. (laughs) Fucking TLC. Jill and Jessica counting on. Ugh. Let's let's follow the girls now. Yeah. So, which they also said that in later interviews, they did not want to do this, but they said, you have to. Like, this is it. They had made them, I think Jim Bob had also tricked some of them into signing contracts about working for so many years yeah. with like TLC uh, in order to... I think it was five years. I, I think it was a five-year contract too. 
So, I mean, they were they were locked in and they didn't even know. Fuck. Jim Bob? He's manipulative. They go, fuck you. He's a, such a manipulative fucking He's the asshat. worst dad. Yeah, you're the worst dad in the world to me. Like, yeah. the way that you... And you're the worst husband, in my opinion. I mean, you subject all the girls in your life that you're supposed to protect and love and serve and honor. There are so many people that would lay it down to serve these girls. Yeah. And unfortunately, if this happened to fall on you, mm-hmm. you piece of shit. And, and not just that, knowing that your son is doing this, what pisses me off is that it was a repeat offender. He did this multiple times. He took, the only reason he went to the cops was because Oprah. The only reason that he told Jim and Bobby Holt was because the CPS was involved. Like he did not have his girl's protection in mind and Anna's. He knew he was doing this shit. And he was like, here, Anna, you take him. Yeah, you fix him for us. Anna, you fix him. Which, uh, that's a whole other thing. Oh, so here... Here's something, though. So we have Danica Dillon. She's a porn star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The porn star. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's not a J name. Where are you going? Okay. Yeah. She's a, I know. The porn star. Suddenly. Yeah. So Danica Dillon came forward saying that she uh, had actually had some sexual encounters with Josh. Oh. So she was a porn star as in like she produced and starred in several different like adult pornographic films. Adult film, hey. Yeah, adult film. And then also she worked at clubs too. Okay. Dancing, stripping, stuff like that. So she she was all over the place. She had a, a great career. A, a great career in adult entertainment. Oh, yeah. I don't know if she still does that anymore, but I digress. Yeah. She met Josh for the first time. She was working at the Gold Club and he approached her and he was saying like, oh, I'm such a big fan of your work. Like I saw you pre and post boob job. Like... You're so hot. You mean to tell me that Josh (laughs) Duggar was not reformed from doing manual labor on houses? That didn't fix him? Uh, I mean... Color me shocked. What? Color... (laughs) Yes. So she said, like, it it was kind of getting creepy the way that he was talking about, like, following her work. Because, like, I'm sure she'd had plenty of fans. I mean, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Talented woman. But... She was feeling creeped out a bit. But he bought $600 worth of private dances from her. Damn. I mean, the girl's not going to turn down the money. I wouldn't turn down $600. None of us here are going to shame her at all. No. At all about what she does for her career and the fact that she accepted money or the fact that she also accepted it for a second encounter with him because she had two different encounters with Josh. They ended the same way, pretty much. Oh, gosh. So... He asked, like, after the private dances, he asked for an evening with her. Danica came forward and detailed an experience that was super sexually abusive, that he did not use protection. He was extremely rough with her, manhandling her, tossing her about like a rag doll. Oh, God. And then he paid her several thousands of dollars afterward. Uh, That was possibly to keep quiet. This did happen two different times. Danica is not to blame for what happened to her. Or accepting the money. I want to make that clear. Yeah. To everybody. When she, So she, he had the encounter with her paying for all the dances. And then he slept with her, basically raped her two times. That was like the, the first time that they met. It was $600 worth of like dances. 
And then that same night, he was like, hey, what if I have you for the rest of the evening? Like, how much would that be? Oh, damn. So it was the same night that that happened. And then he had come to her a second time and be like, I want to have another evening with you. Oh, right. And for those that are not familiar with the IBLP or like this kind of like fundamentalist structure in a family, you're probably wondering, how is he able to spend $6,000 a night or <laughs> th- th- there's you know, $600 on these dances and then also spend thousands of dollars to this woman and, and Anna not know. Anna does not have access to the bank account. If if I it, oh, I'm guessing she has no access to the bank account and can't see where the money is going. If she needs to go buy groceries, she probably has like a credit card that she puts everything on and then he pays it off or or he gives her cash or something of that sort. Or she just swipes the card but had doesn't have online access. So like I'm just saying, like she probably had no idea. I mean, they weren't allowed to watch TV. I highly doubt they were allowed to have a like smartphone that connects you to your banking app kind of thing. So I don't really know exactly, but I agree that she probably had no idea the money that was flowing out just because she wasn't entitled to the money in that dynamic. She should have been. She should always be. But so this was still in 2015 that, you know, the porn star came out. It's pretty much when all this started surfacing about his old allegations with his sisters that Danica was like, uh, I have a story. I don't know if it's relevant. Here it is. So did hers come out prior to Ashley Madison? I was just about to get to Ashley Madison though, because I literally had not heard of it until three days ago. Seriously? I absolutely no idea. And I was sitting there at the table and someone had said Ashley Madison on one of the YouTube things that I was listening to. And I was like, what is... What is that? Uh-huh. I thought it was an actual person. Yeah. And Andrew saw how confused I looked. And he's like, what? And I was like, what is Ashley Madison? And he's like, oh, it's a cheating website. And I was like, you mean like eHarmony, but people specific? He was like, no, no, no. Their slogan is, life is short, have an affair. It is specifically so you can, it's called like married dating is how it's like marketed. So uh, yeah, he had an account on there which was discovered by two hackers who found that Josh had two different accounts using another man's photos. Uh, This man, I don't know his name and I don't want to say it anyway, but this man actually sued Josh because he was unable to get jobs and further his career based on the fact that his picture was on the profile. (gasps) I did. I totally forgot that he used somebody else's picture. Which I feel so bad for that guy because he definitely did not deserve... That shit. Yeah. Oh, I'd be mortified if my picture was used on something that was not me. I need to know about these hackers. I need more information on them, but I couldn't find much. I think it I think it was anonymous. I'm sure someone else might have more information on it, but that hackers also found that Josh had paid for an Ashley Madison account that specifically guarantees you'll have sex with someone from the site. Oh my God. Once that came out, Anna Duggar is obviously involved, whether she wants to be or right. not. She's involved because this is infidelity and this is obviously not appropriate for the church circles they're in. It's not what she signed up for. (laughs) No. So uh, they end up getting a program, like they said it was a mutual decision for them to get a program called Covenant Eyes for all of their devices. So that's work, personal, any kind of device that Josh is going to touch, it's going to have a Covenant Eyes program, which just all Covenant Eyes is, It's just like a report database that shows every single place that you go online, anything you click on, download, anything like that. And it sends the report to one like accountability partner or like one person that just like 
helps you like kind of stay on the right track with stuff and holds you accountable to the places that you're visiting online. So all of those reports were sent to Anna Duggar the way they have the program set up. But, you know, Josh, he still wants to get it on. It's not enough to just have Anna. It's not enough to be like sleeping around with other people. He wants to watch porn again. Uh, So he got a friend, or I think it may have been two friends, that helped him install an external hard drive into his laptop that virtually split the PC into two different computers. So he was able to bypass Covenant Eyes and access the dark web to watch absolutely heinous, disgusting, hellish Awful. videos of child rape porn. Ugh. I mean, it it is legitimate child rape porn, like screaming. Torture. I don't want to talk about any more than that. I'm not going to talk about any more than that because this was a part where I literally had to step away for a full day. I could not, I could to not put do it this. into perspective. The person that investigates child abuse, sexual abuse, child pornography cases like this, when he saw the files on Josh's partitioned hard drive, so they partitioned it, right? The, the secret hard drive. When they looked at it, he said, it is one of the, if not the worst, most brutal, awful files and images and videos that he's ever seen. I was going to say, it's like what it's the most explicit rating like on the dark web. Like it is the darkest you can go on the dark web. He went there kind of thing. And he downloaded that and he watched it. And you know where he was when he did that? He was in the parking lot of the Duggar family business car lot in the late hours of the evening when he said, hey, hon, I got to stay late for work. I got paperwork to do. He was just jacking off to some horrifying sex crime. There were children all the way as young as 18 months old. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. (laughs) When I heard that, I I bawled for two days. There's, uh, you know, I had heard about cases and it's like I pretended like it wasn't a real case. I think when I heard it about like a man raping a two-month-old to death. Yes. Oh, my God. And then continuing as it was dead. It was like, I've always thought to myself that like evil people aren't real. I've I've like held that so close to my heart post-deconstruction that like, Evil people don't exist. Like, you know, there's there's the bad and the good uh, aspects of every person. But it's like things like that, it, it elicits something in me that's like primal and feral. And it's like, I'm not even a mom. And it's like, fuck around and find out. This is the times that is really hard for me because I really want to believe in hell. Because I want to believe that after this life, people like that... And people like Josh Duggar that get enjoyment, sexual enjoyment from watching this stuff, that they get to go to an eternal place where they get to be burned alive over and over and over again. Like that, that, I'm okay with that. I want that. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves that he was not just watching this video. He was like jacking off to it. He was masturbating to this. He was enjoying it. He was getting sexual gratification. He was finding pleasure in it. He was being rewarded for it. You know, like in his brain, his brain was rewarding him Mm -hmm. with 
you know, foreseeing these things. So thankfully, though, I love all of these undercover, like, watchdog groups that we have. I mean, there's so many now, and I'm so grateful for it with how expansive the internet is. We need way more of them. And it takes a lot of volunteers to make it happen. So he accidentally shook hands with one of those undercover programs when he was downloading something. Oh, so okay. Virtually, virtually. Yeah, he virtually shook hands with them. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I'm so confused. Sorry. Like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. okay. That's right. <laughs> he said, hi, guys. I am a pedophile. How are you? <laughs> I'm here downloading awful shit. Nice to meet you. So, you know, he made contact with these undercover agents that work for an organization to protect children from online sex crimes. Uh, they were able to, like trace the IP address of the person downloading this dark web porn back to the address of the Duggar business. And they reported it to local law enforcement who went out and paid Josh a little visit. Yeah. It took them a while. I think it was... It did take them a minute. Because they had to get like... Because they had to get a search warrant. I know that they were going to meet him with a search warrant. They weren't just going there to be like, hey, what's up? Because they didn't want him to delete anything or like... So I don't know. When they got their report and it was like, it's from this IP address, right? They could kind of track it down to like a specific area... But then they, like, they triangulated. But then yeah. they needed the internet provider to be like, okay, we know this IP address is from this vicinity. But then they needed the internet provider. Yes, I forget that it goes back to the internet provider too. They needed to go and say, okay, this IP address belongs to this person, and so then they had to. But in order for the internet to release that information, they have to have a warrant, and so they had to go through the judge, and, and so this took months for them to even approach Josh's business. So in that time. In the month span, remember what's happening behind the scenes. He's getting away with this. He is still watching this stuff actively. He's bypassing covenant eyes. And Anna has no idea. No one has any idea. And mind you, this is just what we know. This is what we know. This is just what they were able to recover. And honestly, too, sometimes I have wondered... Obviously, I've never visited the dark web. I don't know how to get there, and I don't want to get there. No, I'm terrified of the dark web. Terrified. Just because of, like, this stuff, this content being on the dark web, all the things that he downloaded, I wonder, too, if maybe they didn't look into all of it because it was so disturbingly graphic that, like, I mean... Come on, law enforcement, they're professionals. They're there to do a job, but they're humans at the end of the day. And I know it's hard for them to look at certain things and to investigate certain things. I don't know. I would I would think they would have went through all of it because I'm pretty sure in the trial, they like listed out like how they much. They listed a ton. Of, I mean, he had downloaded over 200 videos and pictures in the span of just like a couple of hours being in the parking lot, like the first time he did it. So... And that was for one day, that was one day, one night kind of thing. Just a couple hours. So like, huh. And can you believe that after this, in the late hours of the evening, he came home and like checked on his kids, his little baby kids. That's gross. That's just, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Beyond, beyond. So I heard the interview that he had with police that they ended up, like, after they got the search warrant, they approached him. They were like, hey, we're just doing a little investigation in this area. Uh, we, uh, we, IP address that led back here at Ozark. Um, internet. 
we're going to need to see all your electronics. Taking your shit, Josh. (laughs) Josh, like, kind of said right off the bat, he's like, well, why is someone downloading something they're not supposed to be? No, he said child pornography. Was it child porn? He did he say child porn? Out said, is somebody downloading child pornography? I don't feel like I don't feel like they were leading him to that either. No. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, he straight up said, "Is someone downloading child porn?" Yeah, I asked my husband. I was like, "Okay, put yourself in this situation. They approach you and they hand you this warrant and they're taking your shit. And what is the first thing you say to them? Is it?" Oh my God, is somebody downloading child pornography? He's like, no. My first thing would be like, what the fuck is going on? Somebody tell me what's going on. Exactly. Like, right? Police were not leading him to say this. And they also were very like, they were trying to like play the, we're friends. It's all good. We're just, I know you're innocent. It's all good. Like, and then he he ended up We just gotta do our job. Yeah. He actually said to them, he's like, I don't know if you know anything about my history. And they were like, uh, I mean, we did a little bit of research, but like, I mean, it's all old stuff, statute of limitations, like, you know, whatever. We were, we're all kids. He literally said They're, that? He said outright, uh, I'm sure you guys know a little bit about my history. No. So. Oh my gosh. I did not so know So he, he kind of like, I don't know if that was brought up in evidence, but that's got to be a little bit damning. Right? Pretty much the, with the interview, he was very like, he was forthcoming with information, but he was, you know, when you like try to be too correct uh-huh. or like those people that are obviously they, they're up to no good. So they try to be too correct in the things that they answer or like, like when they were asking him for his internet uh, provider, he was like, um, Ozark. Yeah. And they were like, okay, how long have you had it? Mm, I want to say two years, but I don't want to answer wrong. I believe it's about two years that we've had it. Like that kind of response, that's very drawn out a little bit. Uh-huh. That's what he was doing to really like establish, I'm trying, I'm giving you all the truth. You can believe me. Like establishing credibility. Yes. So that was happening a lot through it. But at the end, they kind of just straight up told him because he he was like, so what are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for the downloads of child pornography. Someone downloaded at least 200 the other day. And eventually he he was smart enough to be like, I, I'm going to speak with a lawyer or I'm not going to answer that kind of thing. So, you know, he was smart in that way. Everybody always asks for a lawyer. Always. <laughs> eventually, you know, th- they were able to export all of those downloads, find all that information. They found the external hard drive that contained all of that stuff that pretty much made it a separate PC. So they figured out how he bypassed everything and he was, you know, taken to court and he was convicted in May of 2022 for receiving and possessing child pornography. And he was sentenced to like 12 years. It was 12 and a half, but I think he'd already served some time. Oh, yeah. So it's technically only like 12 years now. He spent two months in the shoe, which is just solitary confinement if you're not familiar with the shoe. And he was released to general population uh, in March of 2023. Anna regularly visits him with all seven of his kids. Ew. Ugh. I just have to say, I don't know how he's alive in Gen Pop at this point. I don't know how. Okay, now we're going to get into some crazies, you know? Okay, because when he was uh, arrested... Lacey's sitting back in her chair. I, I want everyone to know she's I, sitting back. She's getting really am, into this. Oh, <laughs> it makes me so mad. So when he was... Con- uh, not convicted. When he was charged. Yeah. When he was charged, the 
fucking conspiracy theories that came out from his family and friends when he, oh, yeah. in between him being, <laughs> you know, charged and actually going to trial and getting convicted. So they tried to say that it was all a, a, an attack from Biden. It was a governmental attack. They're trying to blame Biden for it. And then it was politics, all, baby. all the woke liberals. <laughs> and it's all not true. And he's being, he's being framed. Guys, Biden falls up the stairs all the time. Like, yeah, this man does not have the brain capacity to be blackmailing the Duggars. Also, why? Why would he want to blackmail the Duggars? Josh Duggar, what the fuck was it? It's a very random type of blackmail. Come on. It's just so dumb. And then, then, Mm. this is the part that pisses me the fuck off. After Josh is convicted, after you're convicted, you get sentenced, okay? There's a gap in between. Well, in between those gaps, Michelle Duggar and I'm pretty sure Anna sent fucking letters to the judge asking for the judge to go soft, you know, go easy on Josh because he's a father and he's an upstanding man. Um, A pastor even sent in a letter. So many people sent in fucking letters. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, guys. He downloaded this. There is no other person. There was evidence upon evidence upon evidence. This was the FBI that charged him. If the FBI is charging you with the crime, you better believe it that you're going to get convicted because they have like a... I mean, they called Homeland Security too into it. Like it was a whole debacle of like lots of credible resources that are telling you, we have found actual evidence of this. This is not like circumstantial. This is like... Yeah. Legitimate Their conviction rate is like in the 90th percentile. Like, you can tell I have children. I don't know how Anna, with small children, I don't know, does she not understand the content? I know she probably doesn't spend a lot of time on the internet, but I don't know if she fully understands the content that was found. I have to believe in my head, in my brain, I have to believe because there is so much evidence. Literally, the partition side of his computer that had the dark web on it on it yeah the, the password to, to type in and to get into the partition dark website is literally his password it has his birthday yeah or something it's tied yeah. to him in some way like it's his password that he used to open his phone or it is yeah it's some it ends with 88 it's his birth year and it's another password that he used on another like oh, their banking it's their banking password that's what it was yeah yeah so like there's too much evidence. So in my brain, I have to I have to believe that Anna Duggar, no matter what she says publicly or to her family or to Josh's family, internally, she knows that he did this. She knows that he is a thousand percent guilty, but she is so brainwashed with the IBLP beliefs that she is afraid to go out from underneath, quote unquote, his umbrella. Because how Lola was describing that, yeah. like I want you guys to picture... Like Jesus Christ has the bigger umbrella and then underneath that umbrella mm-hmm. is a slightly smaller umbrella. And then that's what is under Christ, the husband. And that that would be the man. The man has the, the biggest umbrella of anybody in your physical family. The man is the person that protects you and your salvation. Yes. So if he is righteous and upheld, you will also in turn fit that mold. Yeah, and so you stepping out of that umbrella, if she feels like if she leaves him, she is stepping out from that umbrella. She'll be attacked by the devil. And her kids will be attacked by the devil and it will all be her fault. So in my head, that's what I have to believe. 
to make myself feel better. I think she she's probably very torn between that, like holding two truths at once thing. And to when we talk about brainwashing, it's not just like, this is a severe type of brainwashing mm-hmm. that does away with not only like common sense and critical thinking, it does away with certain biological cues. So like as a mother, Lacey, when she sees something could possibly hurt her children, she's immediately taking action to prevent it or immediately she's going to just il- at least be alert to yeah. it. Like an alarm's going to go off for her. It's a mother's intuition, as some people call it. So Anna no longer has that skill, most likely, because she was raised this way. And all of that, those were not pertinent skills anymore. So like that part of her evolution just kind of dissipated from her brain because she was taught, you don't need that anymore. You can fully obey and trust in this because the man is ultimately like the mouth of God. And that happens in all religion. Like it disconnects you from yourself. And Mm -hmm you're not supposed to trust your heart. Don't follow your heart. Your heart is deceitful. You know, your mind is wicked. Like yeah. only follow Jesus. So it it all, all, and I say all, and I mean all, religion, especially like if it's taught this way, so I guess not all, but if it is taught this way, then it does disconnect you from yourself. And when you take it to the extreme of the fundamentalist side, then you're even you're disconnected even more. So coming back to that and trying to reconnect yourself in your 30s and 40s, like we have done when we've deconstructed, is really fucking hard. So I can't imagine, especially as a woman who has seven fucking children. And she's now all on her own besides like, I'm sure his family is taking care of her. Like the, uh, like Jim Bob and Michelle, I'm sure she's like well off and stuff. But like, as far as her support that was Josh, she no longer has that luxury. She's on her own to raise these kids. And so she's leaning on his family's support and her family is poor. How how are they going to upheld seven children? Which in reality, she could make a shit ton of money. Because come on, she can make she could have a book deal like that. She could have a movie like that. She could have whatever she wanted, but she won't step out of the box long enough to like taste the freedom. Yeah, and she believes that it all would send her to hell. So like that religious indoctrination, man, it runs deep. I tell you, you take away a hell, everything falls apart. All Seriously. I feel like that's across the span of Christianity. You take away hell it all crumbles and there's no point to any of it. And it just yep. leaves you with, hey, you could just be a decent human. It's free. It's easy. It's accessible. Do it. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's fine. makes you feel good. It makes others feel good. It's just, <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's great. God, I remember like growing up, like <laughs> being taught the whole, like the world will try to entice you, you know? And like, it was uh, always yeah, like right. sexual desires. Like you're one to walk away from God for sexual sin and everything. And it's like- No, it's the sin of the flesh. Yeah. Say it correctly, yeah. oh, sorry, not sexual sorry. sin. It's sin of the flesh. Sin of the flesh. Your desires. The, f- the faltering flesh. The desires of the flesh, right? And I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I am now one of those people that is like, life on the outside is great. I've never been happier. I say it every every goddamn Sunday for the last three years. I I wake up and I think to myself, like legitimately, not in a spiteful way. I am so so grateful. I don't go to church today. I'm so grateful that I get to like spend the day with my animals and my loved ones, and I get to seriously do whatever the hell I want. And 
I no longer have to subscribe to this idea that I'm going to hell because I didn't take fucking communion today. Seriously. And to those who are listening, who are still deeply hold on to their faith, whatever that looks like for you, we love that for you. Like we... Like we know spirituality and religion is very individual. It's very unique to each person. And we respect what that looks like for you. We have a problem when religion is abusive and harmful to certain communities like the LGBTQIA community and things like that. Or, you know, trying to fucking take over America with Christian nationalism. That kind of shit we have a problem with. But... Or when it, you know, protects the dark web. Yeah, right. Oh, Seriously. But we understand that, you know, everyone has a different religious path and different, you know, version of spirituality for them. It's and totally fine if you're Christian. Yeah. You're still welcome here. You're still welcome here. here. We yeah, still there love you. Go. you. You're still Lola, cool. Lola said what I was trying to get out, but you're still cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're still cool. You're like, still cool. We still love you. Nothing against Christians at all. It's just, don't be mean to us. Yeah. And I, it's funny because like one of my best friends here, I absolutely love her to death. And she is she's a Christian, like a church going Christian. Mm-hmm. And we, she loves what I do. She knows what I do. And we have such a great relationship because she understands like, it's not her I'm talking about. It's not her I'm attacking. She sees... It's the toxic structures that yes. built a lot of the religions that like we grew exactly. up with. And she so. sees that. And she's like, I know like, yes, I find comfort in this. Yes, I still subscribe to this. Yes, I still love this. Yeah. But I can understand where you're coming from because yes, systemically, Christianity is a shit show, you know, and has been. Has caused a lot of harm. I mean... It has. Yeah. It's not just Christianity. There are plenty of other there, exactly. religious, you know, groups that have also done the same shit, yes. if not worse, yeah. you know, in some ways. So... Uh, we can acknowledge yeah, that. And we and, will uh, get into those cases later on in the show. But Oh, yeah. Lord have mercy. Ooh, That's fine. Well, that was... This has been a long one. Are y'all okay out there? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's a long one. Uh, I'm so sorry about all the gross things that we talked about. I'm so sorry about yeah, Josh Duggar. Piece of shit. Being in existence and not being afforded the correct uh, discipline and care that he should have been afforded when he was a teenager. I really think that was a problem. Oh, yeah. If you grew up in a very fundamentalist religious background like this, I just want you to know that you are perfect exactly who you are. And as a woman, you have authority in your life and in your decisions. And your partner should be somebody that you do life with together. You make decisions with together. And hell's not real. So it's okay that you're not going to go there. You're not going to go there. Don't worry. Hell's not real. Take a breath. It's okay. I, I do, I do okay. have a problem with the belief of hell because of how harmful it is. No loving God is ever going to is ever gonna make something like that. Your Christian God did not make a hell. I promise you that. I don't have certainty in anything, but I have mm-hmm. certainty in that. Exactly. Right. I, I agree 100%. For sure. But if you found this triggering also, please know that I'm so sorry. Please seek right. help. <laughs> See, I was going to say, schedule an appointment with your therapist. Find your, you know, because I know to I will. To, right? Seriously, it's this can be a lot. Just know that help is out there. Find somebody to talk to. Therapy is a good thing. Everyone go to therapy. Yeah, the world is not a bad place. Just Josh. Just Josh Duggar. Just uh, it's just Josh but, Duggar. No, here let's name one good thing in the world today. Okay, My, mine is. The Deadly Face Podcast. <laughs> yeah. A shameless plug. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> on our own show. 
No, uh, here's something good. I really, really cold ice water on a hot day. Yes. That's something yes. so good. That's a good uh, thing in the world. Cuddling my dog. Uh, cuddling your dog. Yes. Also, I have kids. And the reason I said cuddling my dog and not cuddling my kids is my dog will still cuddle with me until the day it dies. My kids, they won't really oh. cuddle with me forever. Uh, well, yeah. They, 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 they want to go do their own thing and they of don't course. sit still. They're busy. My dog. They have a lot to do. <laughs> my dog will just cuddle with me. Oh, yeah. But yes. I will say, like, cuddling with my kids, like, when my kids are having, like, a bad day and they just need comfort, like, ah, uh, just laying in bed with them or sitting on the couch cuddling with them. Those are, those are good things. Just cuddle. I love cuddles. I love cuddles. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm so excited to be a mom now. <laughs> cuddles. Kids are great. They're, they're a lot, but they're great. They're so wonderful, precious little angel beings forever. That, I love them. That can turn into um, Tasmanian devils once in a while. But you know. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. It's just, it's, it's a spectrum every day. Highs and lows. But yes, that was the case of Josh Duggar um, and the Duggars themselves. We are sorry you had to listen to that or you chose to listen to that. Go cuddle your dog <laughs> or your child. Or get a coffee or a really nice glass of cold water. Oh, the coldest water. Because that was fucked up. That was fucked up. All right. Next week, we will be covering a wonderful case. It's a survival case. Survivor case. It's it's dark. It's it's traumatic. It's, it's but horrible, they're alive? But it's a survivor case. They are alive. I'm excited. And I'm so excited to share their story. So I love it. And I've actually was able to talk to their son. So that's kind of cool. So yeah. I'm so excited. Be excited. I can't wait. We'll see you guys. Next week. Bye. We love you. Bye. Also, heathens, if you're enjoying the show so far, please remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us on and remember to bring your sacrifice to the blood ritual. Just kidding. A review will suffice. Deadly Faith is brought to you by Choircast Network. It's produced by Lacey Bean and Lola Robbins and audio engineered by Eric Cowell. Thanks for listening. 